Hello and welcome. Uh, I'm Emmett Lewis and with me is Miguel Christiansen and together we are the Handstand Cast, supported by Handstand Factory. Uh, we have a special cast for you tonight, which we are subtitling the Corona Cast, <laughs> because, well, I'm sure as all you know, there's some weird stuff going down in the world. And we're going to... We're going to, I suppose, our topic tonight is training at home or training alone. We have a few questions from people, and I suppose we've both trained a lot by ourselves, so we could give some advice on this situation. What do you think, Mikael? Yeah, what do I think? Um, yeah, I was training. I actually didn't really train today much, but I just cleaned out my room. I just finally threw out, like, I had a couple of, like, old suitcases standing and some furniture and stuff. And yeah, like all we needed was like a low budget Armageddon for me to finally move shit out of my room so that I, I can train in here. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of people whose houses are like getting infinitely cleaner yeah. than they ever imagined. Yeah, I, I just took away. So I don't really have that much space. I can't do everything in here, but I can do most stuff. So and I mean, I've, I've, I've done this for... I don't know how many years before I started hand balancing even, I would just figure out some solution to do stuff wherever I was. Would you uh, Would you practice your breakdancing? I want to see you do some air oh, flares yeah. in your bedroom. I mean, if I was Marcio, yeah, he could probably do it in here. There are some people that probably could, but uh, it would, for me, it wouldn't be a yeah, good Yeah, I'm not interested in the people who could do it. I, I would, want to see you do it. I, would I want to see you attempt it. I would break kicking the, that wardrobe. So I think I'm going to. Kind of yeah, it depends like you know how well built the wardrobe is <laughs> is it ikea or is it like ah, quality it's, built it's uh, thick knows? enough to break my leg i think so I'm, I'm i'm gonna skip out on that one but yeah um <laughs> yeah training at home uh, is um i think in in general with hand balancing if if you haven't trained at home <laughs> yet then then uh, you probably aren't that obsessed yet <laughs> I think most people that <laughs> do you even hands balance yeah, bro kind of. i mean i think at one point most people end up doing it not just because um they're that obsessed about it but since it's kind of accessible to do everywhere um yeah i think that's probably one of the advantages of the handstand is uh once you have flat spore and kind of enough space to kick up or straddle up you're like yeah. sorted yeah i think like so so also like what are you saying that said i have to say like we traveled a lot around asia mm. a few years ago and one of the things we found was like finding a flat floor to do handstands on is difficult there's a lot of places in the world where like the concept of flat does not exist in their building yeah. codes and I, that's fine they you know they're fully developed but it's just like flat floors are not a I, thing i think for me like especially when i was on tour and we would have days off because i mean when with both of like the major circus companies that i was on tour with for years like we we would usually just stay in hotels and it would be kind of like smaller hotels around europe or wherever we were and often they didn't have a gym so i just end up training in the hotel room and i did really have a couple of funky setups i remember like a couple of times when the room was so small that you couldn't really kick up or straddle up or do anything so what i would do is there was enough space in between the bed and the wall so i just sit on my bed and then I'll, i would just put my hands on the floor from the bed press from there then do whatever one arms put my legs back on the bed and just sit down again and i mean works yeah i've been in that situation in a hotel room of like handstands between a desk where there's there's just no option of overbalancing like you just don't uh, have the fall. option <laughs> but then you have to use the bed to like trampoline yourself up into your handstand and mm. hope you catch it <laughs> make it into like spe Fun specific uh, precision practice yeah it's like it's just that option i think it's very important in handstands it's like sometimes you just have to go like there is just no option of falling over. You just mm. have to stay. A lot of people kind of yeah, miss I that. Think it's, it's also uh, like I mean, as as you become experienced enough, I mean, it does become like standing on your feet. So you you kind of forget that you can fall. I had some interesting falls actually in here yesterday because I have my I have my I, I, yeah. It's actually fucking funny because I have my small cane in here. It's just like a one cane that is about how tall is it? Maybe thirty centimeters tall. Uh, no, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, like the cane. Yeah. Let's, let's say it's 25 Mikhail. centimeters tall. And it's just one cane. 
and I was training uh, like jump switches from one hand to the other here. And there isn't really enough space in the like it, that's kind of sketchy. If I do good technique, it's fine. But I did the jump, and then like I gathered my legs on one arm, and I can't do a legs together one arm on that cane in this room without touching the ceiling if my placement is perfect. But if my toes are pointed, the shoulder is pressed up and kind of my, my legs drift a little bit inwards towards two arms, I touch the ceiling with the toes and it just like, it just, I just fell, fell together like a, a house of cards like several times and almost smashed my head into the bed. Because <laughs> like as, when, when something pushes your toes in that position, like there's nothing you can do. You just like totally lose touch and you're, you're not used to falling due to that at any given time either so i had some there was a couple of that were almost spectacular i would say but yeah yeah i mean in did you get any of them on video because i want to see i want to see like a month of blooper reels from mika's training uh, in the bedroom. I, I did actually but i deleted them i i'll make sure to keep some of them because i'll probably train more jumps in here some of some other days so so I'll 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 keep them for for a room training blooper reel. <laughs> but I mean, if we're t talking about this, is this like the room training blooper reel with Mikael. Well, like the kind of how to say the home training regime. I think that I mean, if to at least to our listeners in terms of like useful things to think about in terms of home training because I mean there's there's a lot of different people and different levels that I would assume is listening to this talk yeah. and I think that one really good thing for people that are kind of at the very like let's say we start at the very early stages of development I think that I mean let's say you are in a home situation where you have yeah maybe you have maybe you need to to watch out watch your kids all day so you you have like limited actual training time but you're at home all day uh you maybe don't have the space you don't have the equipment and maybe you're not so safe at just like doing freestanding balances and so on then i think that like a period like this is i mean it's really perfect yeah. for conditioning it's just like okay you you make you give yourself one goal okay i can do a 30 seconds stomach to wall handstand okay yeah but during this period you build up to being able to do a 60 second handstand if you're able to find the time and you have a wall you just kind of do more kind of a conditioning focused uh work um so that like when you inevitably then get back to the gym or get back to your practice spot and can delegate the time then you will have actually done something whereas if you don't have the circumstances to do your normal practice and you try to force it it's it's unlikely going to work and it's unlikely going to make you particularly happy about it yeah yeah it's definitely one of these things it's like you we say if you're following our program or whatever your program is doesn't matter if you're following our ones but it's like there's certain things that you will just be limited on by equipment space or safety but just give you it's a very common thing or like you know i'm actually very guilty of this myself i'll just like if i can't do the perfect setup i'll just say fuck it and quit for that day or if people are annoying me in the gym i'll tap out and go mm. fuck it the music's terrible but you know not getting caught up on that and just going like okay i can't do this this and this but i can still get like 15 minutes mm. of good quality work in and just get it done and it kind of leads on there's a good question here actually where was it go we have some questions that we're going to get to uh what is the where's that mindset question in Oop. Oh, let me get my phone to find out the questions on yeah there was one question on getting in the mindset for training at home let me just read out the exact one as you can tell we are fully scripted and mm. very prepared at this podcast nothing just pull that <laughs> I've never tried this microphone before. I'm really happy it worked, okay, though. Any tips for getting into the mindset while training home? T yeah, tough now. The gym ritual has gone. Well, it's kind of one of these things. There's a who is it? Maybe it was an author or screenwriter, Stephen Pressman, or was it Stephen King? Someone, and they had a really good one. And it has kind of stuck with me as well. What I say to a lot of my clients is, it's a he goes, he only writes when inspiration strikes, but he's very lucky that inspiration strikes at 9 a.m. at his desk every morning. Mm. So, and his whole thing was just like, I just, you know, he works from home, he's self-employed, he's, I think it was Stephen Brassman, whatever. But uh, he just basically goes in, he sits down at his desk and he starts working and that's it. It's just like, I work from nine to five and that's it. And I start typing. 
and there's kind of there's a good element to that in this training it's just like well i'll set a date with myself at 10 a.m i will do the training and i'll do whatever i can and i'll finish at 10 30 10 45 11 you know you can always do more if you feel in the mood but if you just get in and get your minimum dosage that you say you're going to do for yourself 15 20 minutes and then like at 20 minutes you can go like okay i've done five handstands that's it boom done and then day two comes you're like you know i feel like doing loads today i'll do an hour Mm. but it's just that idea of just getting up and getting ready to do it and that's it like i've been doing that myself when i've been training at home now it's just like six o'clock hits i'm going up and start warming up my handstands and see what happens Mm. yeah and i think it's like i think uh touching back to what you just said is like uh, mikhail's got the rona by the way yeah dying um but yeah like this this thing of um <laughs> you you don't need to i mean it's it's a phase where things especially like now i mean things aren't like they normally are so don't have the normal expectations either like and but maybe you just use that for something i think that is that is actually like maybe one of the most productive things like i said like if you can do a 30 but you can't do a 60 seconds free or like um stomach to wall handstand and build that i'm doing similar things right now because like there's a bunch of things that i cannot practice at all so then i am i'm not there's no point even trying because it's just going to i'm just not going to get anything done i will then use the opportunity to readjust and do something else and i mean that is it's not easy to do and it's not easy for me either because there's loads of things that I want to do and then I sometimes try and it doesn't work and so on but the more you're at, at least able to kind of set, yeah. set like something realistic in in in, re, in in relationship to the actual situation you're in so and and in and in that regard I do think that like handstands are really perfect for this kind of thing I even even told it to like loads of my friends who don't do handstands and like yeah but fucking hell just start learning a handstand just get yourself up to the wall and mess around with it because you don't have anything yeah. else to do so why not learn something in this period yeah i think it's a uh, there's kind of something that re- got reminded me that uh our Taoiseach in ireland uh leo Varadkar, he had a speech it was really good i thought it was really good i don't really like him as an orator normally but i thought his speech was very good for him and uh he made a, a comment that, like, at a certain stage in this crisis, we're going to ask the old people to go cocoon mode. And what that would mean was, like, lock themselves away because they're the people who are most affected by this kind of thing. But it reminded me, this, there's this really bad meme that went around, like, about 10 years ago in the fitness world called going cocoon mode. And the idea of cocoon mode was, like, you social interactions or just limit you in what you can do. So you'd cut out all social interactions and then you'd go, you'd eat healthy because you wouldn't be eating out or drinking with your mates. You'd uh, work on your social skills as well as the other thing. You know, you could practice your social skills without being with people. I don't know how that would work, but this was part of it. And then you'd also get in shape during this like period and then, you know, quit video games and stop eating junk, blah, blah, blah. But then you'd emerge from your cocoon, a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> so... He just reminded me of this. I was like, maybe there's a there's a lesson here. It's like, hmm, maybe yeah. we should all just go. Yeah, we should just all just, like just everyone just, come out. Everyone like should just arrive from from the themselves. crisis. Like, yeah, everyone should just arrive and be fucking glorious when this is over. <laughs> I'll be expecting loads. Everyone will just come out with like yeah. long hair and just like <laughs> look like they're ready for like a model shoot. <laughs> I certainly won't, but <laughs> be like Zoolander three. <laughs> I'll be the yeah. same. In reality, we're sitting at home in our pajamas, eating biscuits at day one, and debating whether like four twenty applies to wine as well as weed. But that twenty just like gets incrementally smaller every day. I think it's like about eleven twenty now for a lot of people. From the gist I'm getting from, maybe mm. that's just an Irish thing. But uh, I see, there's a couple of more so, questions. Let's do another question. Yeah. This is a good one, actually. Yeah, there's, we've got loads of questions, actually, but uh, maybe we won't do all of them. Warm-up. If throughout the day I would like to do multiple attempts of doing handstands, just kicking up to handstand and balance as much as I can, then come down, then do I need to warm up my wrist and shoulders every time I'm doing handstand, or is it not required? Or does it change over time, as when you're a beginner, you might need a little warm-up, but as your practice and strength grows, you can hit handstand any time of the day without warm-up. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, um, I mean it's it's 
in general just a capacity question i mean if whenever you're working towards like kind of the higher ends of your capacity it's you'd likely be better off on average to warm up and take some time but if you're doing something very simple like i mean for me to do a two-arm handstand of course it's not going to take a lot of warm-up but for safety i always just do like to spend a little bit of time i think you think from from experience just take a little bit of time on the wrist so that you know how they feel before you go on them because like you 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 can't be sure whether or not yeah, they're 100% ready before you go so i think for i mean for me like the the to the kind of rough cut on it is if you work on two arms you are likely fine on it unless you have injuries uh if you work on one arms and if you want to train those then just take time to warm up your wrist and shoulder every time because you will on average do a better workout you'll have a better sensation of how your body feels before you attack and it's it's you're you're operating in a much higher risk zone on one arm yeah i think also there's a, an important concept i like to i term them radar exercises for myself where I have a certain couple of exercises that I can just do. Like for handstands, there's a couple of stretches that I know where I go, okay, if I do that, I feel, I go, okay, my wrist is fine. I can just tell very quickly by that and mm. I can do something. Whereas if I do this little stretch, little routine, it's just like traction the joint, traction the joint. If it feels a bit off, then I know I have to do some kind of warm up where it's just going to hurt, mm. particularly on the wrist that broke. So it's like, okay, it's that. So it's kind of like, it's, it's like you have a warm up routine that you would do to do a full session and you'd find that there's indicator exercises that kind of give you a sensation of how the wrist is doing at that mm. moment and once you can hone in and get used to that then you're like okay okay i do this one maybe it's one exercise maybe it's two and then i can go on my hands whereas if it's not that way or if it's not feeling right then you don't get the surprise when suddenly you have all your body yeah. weight in your hands yeah that's that's basically the i think that's a good gist of it and like I really like that term of yours with the radar exercises. I've, I've adopted that one because it's it's really it really does help a lot. If you have a couple of these, I have several in my practice where I would kind of test the grounds a bit before I start doing something difficult. And very often I can feel whether or not there's any point continuing to practice like a certain type of element after having yeah done those kind of scans and just see okay is this is this possible or interesting to practice today if yes okay maybe if not then leave it alone kind yeah of. but it definitely does change over time that's for sure yeah it's definitely one. it definitely does but you need to keep kind of a check on this yeah it's one of those things but it's also that idea of like what like kicking up and doing one or two handstands is very different than doing like five mini 20 or 30 minute sessions yeah, throughout the day for sure and there's a there's a danger of big overtraining because what you end up doing in a lot of multiple training sessions is it's not like I have a discrete training session where it's like I do my strength training and do whatever I'm doing mm. and then it's over and then the body goes into recovery mode. It's basically like your whole day just becomes one long stretched out training mm. session. So you're not actually going in. So you think, oh yeah, I've trained yesterday, but I had 24 hours recovery. You don't really because you sleep whatever eight hours and then suddenly you're on the hands again in the morning so you're slowly potentially building up that cumulative cumulative fatigue and cumulative tissue under recovery which suddenly leads to tendonitis yeah it's just, it's so just, there's a difference between like it's so it's so easy to, to just overtrain these things if you just think i think multiple sessions a day can work but it's i think the the multiple sessions a day concept is maybe the one that is the easiest to overdo things with because you set the plan and you say okay i'm going to do like five there and then ten there and then five there and then five there and i'm done but you're going to get excited and ooh, well then you do seven and 12 and 15 and suddenly you're being an idiot because you're getting excited so like bracing yourself for the fact that you're human and these things can happen i mean it's on average a better idea and i mean if you are very strict with these things it can work sure but you need to you need to really pay attention and it, it's it's yeah. not just a win-win kind of situation yeah it's definitely uh yeah it's one of the things it's, like, it's always that running joke in strength training where people start i'm going to start doing twice a day training 
And Troy Solari training is very effective. I've used it with a lot of people over the years and I've used it myself. It's a great thing. But the problem is everyone starts out going like, say, say we have a basic strength program where it's like, okay, I'll do two main exercises like squat and deadlift, and then I'll do four accessory exercises. So they just do that workout twice when what you should really do is I'll do my two main exercises in the morning and then I'll do my accessory exercise. So it's just one workout, mm. but you split it up. Not I was going to do two mm. full workouts and then you kind of titrate yeah. the volume up. Whereas everyone's like, okay, I'll do two hours of handstands and then I'll do another two hour press session in the evening. I'll do that six days a week. And then I wonder why my yeah. elbows are exploding yeah. in two months. Yeah, classic. Seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Seen yeah, that I've done that too. Times. Many times. Like Fucking idiot. Yeah. All right. Should we go for another one? Like, yeah. Okay. Let's see what we got. Uh, here's a good one. How to not fall into bad habits and how to reflect in an, object, an objective and productive way. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> First of all, you can't be ob objective because you're always an idiot. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, it's exactly. a, yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, how not to fall into bad habits? Uh, I guess first of all, you need to identify what are your bad habits. I guess that is like the number one thing. I mean, yeah. I could easily say what my bad habit is. It's just I don't fucking rest because I'm I get I'm I'm exactly that I'm I'm that guy. I can't have two <laughs> sessions a day. I get excited. I start doing things that I shouldn't, and I do that all the time. It's not smart. I know that's a ha bad habit. So I need to rein in and say, no, I'm done now. I'm not going to do this and that and this and that because my capacity at this shit is, of course, really high. So I'll I'll just end up doing too much, and then you just either you you get too tired or like what I call the fatigue loop, or you get injured or you just get no results or nothing like. I think it's it's really about if you're able to yeah. first of all identify them and then like you need to f yeah for for some people if if all you need is like a pen and paper and the numbers uh, and that's what you do then it's maybe easier to um, avoid then certain bad habits but then again for such a person the bad habit might be like yeah. hey I don't have pen and paper I don't I don't have a program today so I don't train um, <laughs> I've I've seen that a lot. That used to be me. That was definitely uh yeah, that was definitely one of my one. I've I don't know. When I was uh early in my gym days, like, you know, the usual you must have a protein shake twenty minutes after leaving the gym or it's a failure. Mm. I was like, Oh shit, I didn't bring my protein today, I'm not gonna go to the gym. I don't have my training book to record <laughs> <Yeah>. my workout. <laughs> well, you know. It's not like phones weren't advanced back then, so you couldn't mm. take notes on them. You'd mm. have to like sit, waste your credit to send a text message to yourself. Mm. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna do that. Yeah, fuck that. Probably showing my age here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the other one on bad habits, there's like, there's definitely an interesting thing. Like, if we're going to learning a skill, and there's one, there's two kind of things. Like, say, say kicking up, where you can just feel like it's about to happen, but you're constantly making the same mistake. This is kind of thing. Is like what I look for when I'm training people is that they're. I get. I try to get them to the point where they're making the same mistake every time, because then I can fix it. Whereas if the mistake is different every time, then the skill is actually possibly beyond your capacity mm. at the moment. Yeah, good point. Because if you're making, yeah, if you're making a consistent mistake, say you're always turning out to your right when you're kicking up, well then it's like okay, the correction for me as a coach is very quick. It's very simple. Just turn left or overcorrect or something like this, or you know, look at hand placement. It's whatever it is, but. If you have someone who's the mistake is different every single time and it's not, it will be slightly different every time, but it will coalesce towards one kind of big mistake. But if it's not happening, it means the skill is probably beyond your capacity and the bad habit will be to just keep trying to hammer mm -hmm. away at it. Knowing when to quit is a very important yeah, skill. That's for sure. And I think like how to reflect in an object, objective and productive way, I think it's, that's, that's tricky. I don't think that there is much uh, of an objective way. And I think that in one sense, um, that's also where kind of it's tricky when you're coaching yourself. And I've had that problem for many years where basically dictating my own training because you you start believing your own bullshit. I mean, you're human and you're not objective. So you start <laughs> making up these fantasies and these stories and then you start believing in them and then it might not be correct. 
and that that can be a problem. So like to be able to also call out your own bullshit and to dare to actually think, well, what if what if what if this isn't working? And I think that. Uh, what yeah. if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? And I mean, you so. you can't you can't of course t- doubt too much either. But I think I think it's important to just uh, know that like there isn't really any fail safe thing or like any fail safe way with this uh, because I mean there's regardless. I mean, of course, hand balancing is a complex practice. There's tons of things going into it. But let's let's say we take a very very simple practice such as just something dumb bicep curls so for someone to come into the gym they've never been to the gym before and all they can lift is they can they can one rm 10 kilos of one bicep curl if if they go in the gym for three months they're going to bicep curl more than 10 kilos most likely yeah. 12 like, kilos it is not going to be too hard <laughs> to go to 12 kilos but if this person is like close to world champion level in bicep curl then we're, we're at such a level where you can't just guarantee the progress at the same way you almost like you can kind of guarantee the progress for a beginner learning as such a simple movement as that but with hand balancing since you have a lot more para- parameters earlier on in the process um, it is much harder to to kind of know exactly what, how it is going to develop, and I think just having having that kind of in the back yeah. of your mind that like there isn't really any uh, fail safe hundred uh, percent correct way for these things is yeah that's what I like about I don't know hand balance or any other kind of skill development that has an artistic component and a sense of freedom. There's no exact way to do it. So there is no objective mm. way. There's just like, you can't go, okay, we will take one person, you know, you know, at the end of the day, we have different bodies. So, you know, that just basically counts against us. It's like, okay, there's no objective way to take this person to a one arm that is gonna be the exact same mm. as the next person. But we gotta do it anyway. More questions. I think. Uh, here's a good one, here's a good one actually. How do I keep my walls clean? You don't. Or wait, wait a second. Yes, you do. Just you wash. Yeah, you wash or your feet. Or just learn freestanding. Once you can do your freestanding, you'll never need a wall again. Voila, very simple solution. Now you have another. Voila. You know, now you have another reason to just get your freestanding hands and super solid. No, or you can do. You can put that Edo quote on your wall. Let them dirty the walls, <laughs> and then you can dirty your walls with impunity. Yeah, you can just or just or, paint yeah, it black. It's gonna work. At least no way. No one will see your degeneracy, as to, at least. Okay. So that, that that could be one solution. See, you think that, but I had a studio that was painted black at one stage, and it turns out the walls are actually very difficult to keep clean. Right, yeah. I only had it for a few months. Okay, here's one from. We have that rule that uh, we're going to read out the questions with people's names if they're terrible questions. But I'm going to do this in case his housemates are listening. How to not kill my roommates by Livermore? How not to kill his roommates? Uh, well, hmm, I know who his roommate is. Um, <laughs> wh- why? Why do you want to kill Edward? I mean, he's a decently nice guy, isn't he? He's pretty good on his hands, and like a sociology student. Yeah. So don't don't kill him. Uh, yeah, it's one of these things. I mean, you, you can maybe slap him around a few don't times, kill your but be kind. You get through this. <clears throat> the raises a question is like, how many people are getting into fist fights with their roommates at the moment? Oh yeah, think? that's that's interesting. Uh, I'm lucky. I'm happy. I don't get into fist fight with my roommate because she'd probably kill me. I'd pay to see that actually. If you want to live stream, <laughs> she's probably stronger than me too, to be honest. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'd pay to see that. Uh, next question. How would you program strength training combined with push and keep pushing? Hmm. It's uh, one of these big questions that I think I'll dip into. Uh, the simplest thing that you can do is that as as you focus more and more on handstands, if that's your thing, say like handstand training is your thing, then that means you're conditioning 
the handstand is providing the complexity, the movement complexity in your training. And your training has to get simpler and simpler for strength training. Like if we were to look at the programs I do for people nowadays on, on paper, like who are specializing in hand balance, it's very, very simple. It's like one lower body exercise, a deadlift, a squat, a split squat kind of cycled what they need. Then something pushing and something pulling. And that's the program. Now, it's very, very simple. They'll only do that once a week as well, but don't neglect like they'll be doing presses, one arm work, even though this one is still like, once you're getting into the deeper levels of keep pushing, you're working a lot. The upper back is getting worked a lot. So by smashing it with like a whole back workout or deadlift workout, like a proper deadlifts and posterior chain workout, full posterior chain, then suddenly if you really want to focus on handstands, you're putting a lot of fatigue onto the system that will affect the higher levels of your skill, even if you're only coming to learn the shapes. Yeah, it's. I, I think that like it's, it's um it depends entirely um it depends entirely on um like what kind of strength work you're thinking about and i, I think it's it's easy to have this kind of pokemon gotta catch them all kind of approach to having to train all kind of movements at the same time and when you're learning something yeah. new, then it, you might be better off just scaling a little bit back or, like you said, simplify the other elements of your training. So, I mean, if if all you're doing is standing on your hands two days a week a little bit, then that isn't, then you can have, do a lot of calisthenics or a lot of weightlifting or whatever. But if you want to stand on your hands for five days a week with quite a lot of volume, maybe learning some complicated things i mean such as like the shapes and so on and in keep pushing or let us say on another case that you're learning the two-arm handstand but it's rather heavy for you at this moment in time and like it it takes a lot of energy for you to do the practice then you might be well off not needing to put in like three sets of pull-ups and three sets of rows and then a bunch of push-ups and some bench press and so on like it might be better to scale back on those things for a period of time at least until you're um until you you get uh, better at the skill that you're actually trying to develop so you need to kind of prioritize a bit there yeah stephanie it kind of depends on how long your sessions are getting as well like if you're using say a specific push for or let's say I'll, I'll give you guys a sample program so in push we say you're working at 20 seconds kind of freestanding which is the level you kind of need for keep pushing well then your skill work will come first in your session say i'm going to do a home workout i'll do my skill work which will be my hand balance i will train my stuff that i'm learning my new stuff the new stuff to me and then i will train my conditioning for hand balance my hand balance specific conditioning and then afterwards if i still have time that's when you're going to do your strength and conditioning so it comes in kind of like the stuff that's the most complex and takes the most amount of thinking and correcting to do comes first and then the stuff that i can do but i need to get better at comes next then my general physical preparation mm. will come third so you kind of would have you know you could have 30 minutes dedicated to each thing. We give you a 90 minute workout, which is quite thing. Then after that, you'd have all, so general physical preparation will count strength work and flexibility work just for people listening in. So that kind of gives you a way to organize it. The other way to organize it out would be to do handstand specific days. So I don't know, let's say we have four days to train a week. You could do three handstand specific days. So Monday, Tuesday, handstands work on different segments of keep pushing and your capacity. Wednesday off, Thursday general strength and conditioning, and then Friday uh, keep pushing handstand work would be mm. one way to look at it. It also depends on like what equipment you have at home, which is uh, the limitation to your training. Because if you've got a push-up bar or push-up bar, a pull-up bar, and some floor space, then you can basically do anything. So a simple, a very simple hand balance work conditioning workout for most people would be some combination of push-up or handstand push-up preparation some pull-ups just not even weighted or not even thinking about fancy varieties just pull-ups changing the grips every workout and leg lifts like if you just done those three exercises and got really good at them like for leg lifts i'm talking you know 
10 15 reps holding each rep for three to five seconds at the top yeah, then you know you would be a pretty machine <clears throat> and that's all you're gonna need like it's it can be very very simple it's a very simple split it's three exercises it would take you 40 minutes to do three or four sets in each one boom done mm. yeah i think it's you don't need to to i mean also for hand balancing if hand balancing is your goal you don't need uh, tons of like extra exercises for to develop the actual work it's it's good to do some but as as said it can be you can pro, like or you need you need to prioritize at some point and you can have various also periods where you focus one more on one and than the other do we have any more questions yeah we have loads of questions and the best question i've gotten today is what's your favorite dog name you're asking like this is from dogs of the world i assume it's a spammer account but you know i'm going to entertain it anyway <laughs> because i like talking about dogs. we got from a spam account i'm happy <laughs> for first things first yeah like it's it's much better rather than just like click here to see my sexy pics it's like what's your favorite dog name well dogs of the world I don't know what my favorite dog no. name is because I think dog names are personal to I the mean, dog. I mean, I know my favorite cat name, and that was my old cat named Killer Bob. The Killer, Killer Bob is definitely the best cat name. He was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, but um, Killer Bob. How's Killer the, Bob how's Fan Club is incoming. How's the rest of our question list looking? Uh, uh, I got one here I actually want to take, which is a pretty good one. Mm. Is so I'm going to give the fast answer, but I could probably give an hour long answer to this one. What is the most underlooked aspect slash concept of flexibility training? And the the easiest easiest answer to this is intent. People don't understand the intent involved in the flexibility training, and what that means would be how we drive the body and how we instruct it to achieve and express the flexibility it's incredibly simple like my intent people think i must go deeper in my stretch that's not intent that's just like a vague goal it must be like my foot must move one millimeter deeper into the stretch something like this something having this idea having a target to aim for having a target to move away from this is what will it basically takes you driving the body out you're like going oh relax hamstring relax and it doesn't relax because you haven't got that level of sensitivity to the point where the body will do it automatically for you so we're putting constraint i call it the poke prod and provoke the reaction we want the three p's of flexibility development it's one of my secret lists of three things uh yeah so yeah, there there is this one I oh, saw here that um, more I thought to take up, um, which is uh, daily exercises oh. for beginners. Um, and I mean, that's a really good question. Um, so I would say that <clears throat> in terms of daily exercises for beginners, depends, of course, how much of a beginner you are. But let us now say that you are a beginner that is, let's, let's say that you're able to use the wall. And with using the wall, I mean that you're, you're, cap you're capable of, if you're facing with a back to the wall, you're able to kick your legs up and you're able to reach the wall with your legs safely. You're not going to die from it and you're not <clears throat> too afraid of getting to the wall. And <clears throat> on the other hand, you're able to put your hands on the floor with the chest to the wall instead. Uh, put the legs on the, on the wall and then climb with your feet so that you get into kind of a, a chest to wall support handstand. So let's say that you're able to do both of these. Um, oh, and if you're not able to do both of these, I think that yeah. like building up that that should be kind of the primary goal. And I like for a home time as now that can be a great goal. If you cannot stand on your hands whatsoever, then be, begin with the chest to the wall handstand, where you climb up the wall only as high as you feel capable and um, able to do, or place your legs on a table or on a chair, put your hands on the floor and lean as much weight onto your hands as possible and push high through the shoulders, just building some some sort of strength. But <clears throat> if you're able to do a stomach to wall and a back to wall handstand, I think that using both of these setups uh, and d doing a little bit of, of like with the chest to wall, you focus on endurance and 
pushing the shoulders high you you focus on like i have this one video on instagram we can probably link it in the description where i do a short description of a what i call a checklist in handstand um it's where you do it chest to wall handstand it's basically just explaining yeah. how to do it you get into the handstand you push your shoulders high you pull the sternum from the wall you tense your butt you tense your quads and you point your toes so doing this and just getting used to that kind of body map thing i think is is a daily exercise that you should be spending some time on and the other is back to the wall where you kick up to the wall um then you get practice with your kick up that is one thing you actually need to get up there so you practice that part uh, you kick up with good you technique. Preferably kick up with good There's technique. A lot of people who, uh, Don't destroy. Yeah. I mean, if 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 it if you need to repair your wall afterwards, you should probably uh, look into how to kick into handstand. Uh, but when you do back to the wall setups, uh, of course you want to work with as good of a form as you can. Uh, but don't you don't need to be as strict here with back to wall handstand. Try to work on balance. Kick your legs to the wall and then try work on using the grip from the fingers to pull your legs off of the wall and try to achieve balance through the finger pressure. I mean, of course, this is extremely simplified because I'm sitting here with a microphone in my room babbling. So I can't give you like a very detailed setup on how to do all these things. Hence, we have the programs and so on. You can find yeah. those things on the internet for free about this and whatever. So you, there is loads of information out there. But in general, Use the fingers to grip the floor to get into balance when you're doing back to wall handstand. Those things would be. Yeah, I think that whole finger, you can't educate the fingers to be too precise in handstands. You can overtrain them, but just learning the connection between I do something with my hand and mm. it moves my body is it's like it's like a baby standing up for the first time mm. before they can walk. That's what like. You know, learning that is like, oh, if I lean forward, fingers get heavy if I lean back. And even just like, there's just that thing of just getting upside mm. down. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you'll have your formal training. I'm developing my skill sessions where I do it for 30, 40 minutes. And then it could just be like, okay, I'll warm my wrists and I'll just try something mm. for five, six minutes and go away. Like just getting upside down. That could be just, you know, I'm going to do my leg training this day. I'll do a couple of kickups or something, just every time you get upside down, it builds a body map of being inverted. And this is what will enhance your balance and your control upside down. So I don't know, even hanging your head off the side <laughs> of your table, maybe upside down, good help. Yeah, and I mean, uh, so. No, just like things sorry, also like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a large fan of, of headstands in relation to hand balancing because it's just, it's such a different skill, but in, in one sense, yes. If you have absolutely no uh, uh, equipment, experience, or anything, then learning a headstand might also be a project that you can be doing during this period. But I mean, for for me, like if if you want to be doing handstands, then like the primary thing that you might be needing to work on is your shoulder conditioning. So get the hands on the floor instead and work on that if a handstand is what you want to do. So yeah. Uh, other thing just to throw in and to drop on my YouTube channel Emmett Lewis there is a video of joint rotations if you do them every day good things will happen I can guarantee you that if you're a beginner particularly if you're not used to mobility training or feel a bit stiff or just coming new to the kind of movement thing doing that as a practice for 10-15 minutes a day will do wonders and it's up there for free on YouTube so check Sweet. it out uh, so we have mm -hmm. our last question, which I think is a really good one. Is hold on two seconds. Holding on. Holding on while I get my phone. Is there a training method of handstands that does not involve reps but is a fun game instead? Tons. I mean, I can invent one right now. Tons. Like, like take a shot every time you fall from handstand. I mean, you can you can <laughs> you can do anything. I mean, it's it's. Uh, there's you i i think here's a here's an this is also kind of a, a topic for another episode really but like how do professional hand balancers train that's what we do all the time like we don't have a system we just go in or not everyone but at least a lot of people i know they're very good to show up at training okay what do we do today 
kind of bored because we've done all this stuff before. Let's just, oh, let's try to jump up on this block in this dumb way. And then you spend half an hour on that. And then you you come up with some dumb idea that you need to, you throw something at your friend while it's not. You know, you can, you can, you don't need to think sets and reps. And I think that sets and reps are useful to a degree, but with hand balancing, it can also be detrimental because it's, if you have too much of kind of a fitnessy, yeah. it has to be X sets of uh, this and this, and it has to have this long hold times and this long rest times, and suddenly all you have is like, like it's not mathematics, and just like I'm not a fan of having a metronome and like staying up for this and this and that long. I want to have fun. I want to focus and I want to experience the thing that I'm doing. So you can very easily uh, do handstand practice that is just like. You just okay. I I just want to kick up and do a handstand right now. Perfect example is Elise of Handstand Factory. That's how she trains. She goes, oh, I want to do a tuck handstand right now, and she jumps into a tuck handstand right now. That's what works for her. Like she like some people don't like sets and reps. It's great. Uh, you can get loads done yeah. with that too. I think it's one of those things. that's kind of important to note is like you can brute force a handstand. I know you've talked about this as well. You can mm. brute force a one arm just by constantly attempting it. And you will get it like this, you know, that's essentially what kid gymnasts do. Like kids are very terrible mm. at following cues to a certain degree, mm. depending on the coach, but they get really good. Why? Because they just keep doing it for a very long time to the point yeah. they're actually really good. Yeah, and it. the, it's it's like, like, you know, like in, in terms of that, uh, I just want to, um, uh, be precise on like the term brute force like here it's like it, it does apply to just using strength but it kind of to me it more uh, applies in terms of like as in code breaking where you just add you just have a machine trying all the numbers and in the end it is, end it is going to break it it's a little bit like that like if a body tries to do yeah. a, two, a, a one arm handstand enough amount of times regardless the technique if, it, if the body doesn't break it will be able to stand on one arm it's not efficient, but it will likely be able to at some point in time. So, yeah, it's also like there's one thing to throw in that uh, this one of the concepts I picked up from my coach Serge on for, from martial arts, not from this, is that we we have two two modes of training, and it applies to hand balance. It applies to everything actually. Once I kind of had the light, it was one of those light bulb moments. We have the correcting honing in the practice side of things where we're actually working on developing the body we have you know sets and reps are applicable here because we can control those but then we have the doing and if you're in a phase of like i'm thinking about what i'm doing when you're thinking about doing the thing even if you're doing it you're not actually doing it because you're thinking about mm. it whereas you have to have something in your practice where you just do it and we have this in one of the programs i think from push from once you get into the later state of push we have the concept of play sessions where it's just like just play yeah. on your hands for 20 minutes. Do whatever you want. Try some shapes. Try some advanced stuff. You've seen a picture on someone doing something cool on Instagram. Try and copy it. Mm. Try and make your version. This kind of idea of having the formalized yeah. play structure. It's, 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 re it's really important to, to, I think, over time, get used to that kind of structure because eventually you're also going to kind of hit the singularity where you're it's going to take an extreme amount of time and effort to kind of reach the next level kind of and like then you need to have stuff to do you need to be able to enjoy and play around with it and i i that's what i said that this is what i see a lot with professional circus artists and so on that like we have done most of the tricks and then to move to the next level of trick is going to then take an absurd amount of time or a lot of people aren't even interested because it's just like all the tricks have been done a hundred times better by so many people already and like it's there there there, there are yeah. other elements of the practice that can be fun and interesting too yeah it's kind of make it yeah. your own you know it's also like it's it's that whole trap of the sets and reps like it traps everyone not just handstands it's just like i have to do my workout like this and it's like well mm. it looks great on paper but yeah. you're not a machine like at the end of the day we can't we can't we have to have an expectation that the body can't have the demands imposed mm. on it that the day so it's also like you know mentally if you just find it fatiguing that like oh i have to go up and do 35 seconds like mm. i have to set my metronome Dear God, I'm a coach and like so many people send me videos of like training with metronomes and I appreciate you guys do it. 
but I can't do it. Like, you know, I count if I need to count mm. tempos or something or count, you know, but it's just, you know, some of us are wired differently. And yeah, I remember you, you and my coach, my Russian coach in circus school, I came in and I was totally smashed and he's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Body is not like a robot, he told me. And <laughs> even, he, even he said, like, yeah, sometimes you have a bad day and that's fine. And yeah, it's like, it's, I think it, that's why I like, also, I, I know that you as well do that like in terms of coaching work with kind of approximate numbers rather than like you having to do X sets of this and that and like this whole time. So we talk, we've talked about this before, but I think this is a really, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to keep in mind that like a, like, because we also have a bunch of these fucking uh, arbitrary time things like you have a qualified when you did 10 seconds why the hell 10 seconds just because it's a two digit number and it looks pretty like if you st if you stayed on your hands yeah. and you controlled it and it felt good and you felt you learned something you you did the thing yeah why not 12 seconds i think 12 is a better number <laughs> than 10 myself i think it's like of course it's good to have as kind of like goals and targets and stuff like that isn't it's not like it's bad but that uh to 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 keep them uh, or to put them on too much of a pedestal, I guess that is that is kind of the point that isn't necessarily helping you yeah. go anywhere. And then the goal becomes unbeatable, like the amount of people who get stuck at 55 seconds and they're trying to get mm. their 60-second handstand because they just aren't ready for it and then uh, can't break the goal. And then you take the timer away from them or tell them the wrong time. They're like, oh, I've done a minute 15 seconds. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I remember it was a guy that You tell them that when they come down for you. Like, one arm. Like, always fall on 45 seconds. Oh, and like, and so it seemed like to him, it was just like, it was such a, it was like a thing. I have to do the one minute handstand, the one arm handstand. Wow, it's such a big thing. And then you get closer and closer and you get tired, more and more tired. And then you get more and more stressed. But yeah, I, but I really wanted this time. I really wanted this time. And then, pfft, you'd ruin it because you get too stressed. So yeah, it's 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 not yeah. always like the the best approach. Yeah, right. So we have been talking. This was meant yeah, to be I a didn't. mini sode, and uh, I think on our time we're ramble approaching sode. about an hour now. So uh, ramble sode. So anyway, uh, I'd just like to say thank you all for listening to us. Uh, we have our programs available on Handstand Factory if you want to support the podcast or if you want to make sure me and Mikhail can afford some food during this corona crisis <laughs> please buy some uh, other than that if you have questions you'd like answered or anything you know you can DM us on uh, Instagram you can go to the website on handstandfactory.com and use the contact form there and send us that and you can send us on Handstand Factory yeah. as well on the Instagram there we are all over the place uh, other than that we'll get this out on Thursday and I hope you guys are all safe and everyone is all safe through this thing train at home. remember it takes a crisis to show mm. the best in people but uh, train at home and stare at the floor train a lot I mean you have tons of time <laughs> <laughs> everyone you must come out with a one arm